had, uh, we had been in a sermon series on Revelation, and uh, I had been praying, and I, my week, and uh, the Lord said, I want you to switch it up a little bit. I, Revelation is good, but I want them to understand what Revelation is, and they can't understand what Revelation is until they understand the greatest love story ever told. Amen. This love story, amen, is greater than Robin Hood. This love story that I am talking about today is even greater than Romeo and Juliet. This love story that I'm talking about is even greater than The Notebook. And I thought nothing can beat The Notebook. I still cry on that. I blame it on allergies, though. But even the notebook didn't come close, didn't even scratch the surface of this love story. See, folks, this love story started in Genesis. Where God said, come let us make man into our own image. Out of all the beings of the world that he created, there was none like humankind. It's the love for humans that, that, that God has. And he said, listen, I'm going to breathe into them. And they became a living soul. It was his love, even at the beginning. It was his love. That's even now. His love for us. No one can even comprehend. As a matter of fact, John 3.16 says this, and everybody knows this, he went to Sunday school. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He loved us so much that he said, I'm going to send my son. Now all you have to do is believe in him. You shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. He started that in the garden. Think about it. He created them and placed them in this beautiful garden. They had everything they needed. Before sin entered, they had everything. And they was in the very presence of God. He created them righteous and holy in his sight because if he didn't, they couldn't be in his presence. That's what he created man and humankind to be, to dwell with him. But then sin entered the world and changed that. And he told him, you got to leave the garden because you did this thing against me. And I'm holy. And sin can't be around something that is holy. So sin entered the world. But he said, I, I have seen a lot of things, and I'm going to send my son to bend this relationship back the way it was so that my people can dwell in my very presence. It's the greatest love story ever told. He said, listen, he said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, the world, but to save the world through him. So why are we still condemning ourselves? 
when he said, I came into this world not to condemn you. The word condemn means to sentence you to death. He didn't come to the world to prove the world about sin and all this. He came to the world to, uh, to he didn't come to the world to, to, to uh, for sin. He came to the world to show, to save it, to, to save the world through him. He said, I don't condemn the world, but I came to save it. There's no guilt in, in this. He said, I came to save you. Ain't no condemnation on this one. I don't condemn you. So stop allowing Satan to kick us in our teeth. Because he don't condemn us. So why are we condemning ourselves for the thing that we, we already been set free from? For God so loved the word that he gave his only son. He came in the world not to condemn, but to save the world through him. And he said, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stand condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So because of your belief in the Son, in Jesus Christ alone, you are not sinners. He, he said, the Bible said the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is the eternal life. So those who don't believe in Jesus, they stand condemned. They stand sinners. They're saying they've been sinners to death. They see, folks, if you made that decision, they say, Lord, I believe in you. You don't stand condemned anymore. No condemnation, no shame, no guilt is on you. Because he said, I paid it all for you. I got scripture to back it up. He said, this is the verdict. This is the outcome. The verdict means the outcome. This is the ruling. Just like in the courtroom when the judge gives its verdict, he gives its rule, he said, light has come into the world. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. That light is Jesus. Light, Jesus came into this world. But people love the darkness that they was in instead of the light because of their evil deeds, their actions were evil. He said everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their, their deeds will be exposed. Jesus came back for you and I. If he would have never came, we would never have eternal life because no man, no woman can adhere to all the laws that it was a man that came back by the name of Jesus that took on the sins of the entire world for you and I. He was that light. And those who believe in him are also that light. We're a light in the middle of darkness shining on those expressing Jesus to the world who are lost. He said, but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So that it may be seen plainly that what we have, what they have done have been done in the sight of God. What is this truth? What is truth? 
The truth is, it's a man that came and died on the cross for your sin. If you believe in him, eternal life is your friend. He want a relationship with you. It's the truth of the gospel that's going to set us free. That's the truth that comes into our life. That's the truth. You see, listen, it ain't about religion. Listen, it ain't about all the laws. If you're just in the relationship, if you're in a relationship with him, you don't want to step outside of that relationship to step into things that he didn't, uh, that he didn't make you to, to, to be. He didn't create you that way. Oh, I'm going to come. Here it is. In Colossians 2 and 13, if you want to pull your Bibles out, he said, when you were dead in your sins, in the, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. The purpose of this, man, the purpose of this message, to get you to understand how much his love for you really is. The purpose of this is to get you to understand your identity in Christ. Because we've so long been in this world that the world has identified us for it. But that ain't how God sees us. The purpose of it to know who you are when you leave these doors. The purpose of this is to know that it's about a relationship instead of religion, guidelines, rules. He restored the balance. He said, when you were dead in your sins, what he literally mean then, what he literally mean, I remember I told you, the wages of sin is death. We were once dead because of our sinful nature. But then somebody came by the name of Christ and God made you alive with Christ. Amen. He said, listen, having counseled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen, we was once in debt to God. Listen, our sin was equal death for us. Let me give you an example. What literally happened, let's just say, you're in the courtroom, and I'm guilty. I'm, I'm guilty at charge. I'm guilty for murder, fornication. I'm guilty for uh, a lying, a backbite, slandering. I'm guilty at charge. But then he walks in and say, all charges are dropped. That's what Jesus did for us. He said, listen, it was stood against us. We was condemned. We were sentenced to death. But he came in and said, hold on, your honor. All these charges are dropped because I paid the price for them. Oh, you got to understand this is the greatest love story ever told. Hallelujah. He said, listen, he lonely, he said, he said, he has taken it away. So let me, I'm going to ask you some folks, some things that you still regret, some things that you still bother you, some things that you're still guilty of, some things that you still ashamed of, some things that you feel like you can't get over. He said, I have taken it away and I nailed it to the cross. Canceled our charges. 
If that ain't love, I don't know what is. That's unconditional love. That's no strings attached love. That's the love that wakes me up in the morning, wakes you up in the morning, get me all feeling funny inside. That's the love that he cares for. That's the love that he has for. He said, listen, even though you have done wrong, even though you have done this in my sight, even though you have did this to people, I have taken all of it away so that you don't have to beat yourself up no more. You don't have to condemn yourself no more because I took it away and I nailed it to the cross and ain't nobody can go take it back off the cross because I nailed it down. Hallelujah. I died for sin once and for all. That's what he said. Hallelujah. We ain't got to go back down. And guess what he said? He even took a step farther and I'm about to get happy now. He said, he said in having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them. Hallelujah. Then he said, triumphing over them by the cross. He said, I had not only that I did this, I disarmed the people around you so they can't do nothing to you. I took their power and authority away because all authority and power belongs to me. That's what he said. Hallelujah. He took it away. So listen, he said, I made a public spectacle of them. See, they thought they was killing me. Hallelujah. See, they thought they was killing. They thought they was killing Jesus on the cross. But then once that third day came and he rose up with all power in his hand, he made a public spectacle of them. He made, he said, who's laughing now? Hallelujah. Who's laughing now? Listen, Hallelujah. I'm going to preach it like I feel it. Amen. He said, triumphing over the, he said he even triumphed over them by the cross. He has the victory. He has triumphed over them. Hallelujah. He rose with all power and glory in his hands and Hades and death. We shall not see death no more. When we close our eyes, he said, absent from the body means present with the Lord. So when I close this earthly tent, I'm just going to wake up and be in his presence. He swallowed death in Hades. It ain't no hell for me. It ain't no hell for you because you believe in the Son and he has set us free. Hallelujah. I feel like preaching today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this way, this what this relationship looked like. I told you it's not about religion. It's not about all these rules. He changed that. See, he, he changed that. It's about this relationship. He actually restored the balance. What he did was, when he died, I'm going to tell you something. When he died, what he did was, he said, listen, I'm going to make it back before man's sin in the garden. Amen. That's the reason Jesus came. He said, I'm going to make it so look that sin never even happened. I'm going to make it right. Oh, hey, I get excited because I was all wrong. And, I, and now he's been made me, he made me right with him. He made me right. If that ain't love, I don't know what it is. It's the greatest love story ever told. He said, this is the problem, though. This is the problem. Now, I want to hear some shouts and some amens on this one. Amen. He said, listen, amen, in James 4 and 4 uh, and through 10, uh, he said, you adulterous people. <sighs> don't get quiet now. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means an enmity against God? 
Hallelujah. Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Let me, let me tell you something about this. Hallelujah. He talked about a bride and a groom, right? So why would he call us adulterers? Huh? Hallelujah. Because what it means is that, listen, it's a marriage that happens between you and God. We're waiting on, oh man. It's a marriage that happens when you believe in Jesus and you build that relationship. We're waiting on that marriage, you see what I'm saying? And he said, you adulterous people. How can I be adulterous on marriage to God? Because you, made, you committed adultery with the world. Hallelujah. That's what he's saying. Listen, he, he made the relationship right with you. He made it, he made you right with God now. And then you're supposed to be building that relationship just like this. Let me give you an example. How many married folks in the building? Amen. Married folks, amen. Hallelujah, God, you look good. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just feel like preaching. Listen, he said, listen, when we came together in the marriage. When we came together in the marriage, listen, you fell so deep in love with that person that the thought of stepping outside of that marriage makes you sick. That's the thought of, that's the thought of stepping out bothers you. So you was in a relationship with your man or your wife, and that relationship, you were so in love. You don't want to step out of that because you know that if I step out, it's going to hurt the other person. It's going to damage the relationship. So what happened with us is just like a marriage between us and the father that we're together. And we're supposed to grow together. We're supposed to talk together. We're supposed to love on each other. And what happened is we stepped a little outside of that marriage and committed adultery with the world. And when we do that, it starts to damage uh, that marriage uh, because he can't oh Lord have mercy I feel like preaching now if you don't get it I'm going to bring it I'm going to bring it I'm telling you we stepped out outside of this relationship with God and we begin to uh, have an affair with the world have an affair with the world remember he made it right he took it away now we're been made new in this marriage, this relationship, to be one But then the world, though, he kind of stepped outside of it. And he said, you're adulterous people. So you committed adultery against me. He said, you can't be friendship with the world. He listened, you, in other words, fellas or women, you can't have the cake and eat it, too. Amen. He said, this relationship that I want with man, that I have in the garden, this is the relationship I want with woman that we had in the garden, that we were together. And now you can hear the sound of God walking in the garden. He said, listen, you can't step outside. But here's great news, folks. I stepped outside before you're stepping outside before too. But here's great news. His love is unconditional. That means, ooh, ooh, Jesus. Hallelujah. That means, though I stepped outside, I can come on back. I, can st I stepped outside, but I stepped two or three, four, 
10,000 times. Now, he still came. He's still right there. Saying, come on, I just want a relationship with you. I just want you to know how much I love you. I just want to know that, listen, I don't condemn you. I want to know that you're in the right relationship. It don't matter what everybody else says about you. It's what I say about you because I created you in my image, in my righteousness to be holy with me. It's a relationship. So when, when pastors start talking about sin and I can feel the weight of everybody in here, it's not about that. He's saying, listen, what literally God is saying, he's saying, listen, I, didn't, I wiped it away. You don't have to go back to it, son or daughter. You don't have to go back to it. You can just spend time with me in a right relationship because, listen, when you're in a marriage, you don't want to step out. You shouldn't want to step out, but you don't want to step out because you know that you're in a good relationship with somebody that loves you so deeply and you love them back. There was a song back in the days. Loving you was wrong. Oh, somebody know that song. Amen. I, I, I knew I was going to get somebody. I was going to get somebody. And loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. And that's the type of relationship we need to have with the Father. If it's wrong, I don't want to be right. I want to be right with him, together with him. I don't want to step outside of this love. I don't want to step outside of this marriage, this union that he has with me. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. He, just in case you do do it, he's going to be right there. Saying, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Come on back to this relationship. I ain't never left you. I've been here even to the He said, I'll be with you even to the end of age. This is the greatest love story ever told, I tell you. Because this, this God that we serve, he's a loving God. He loved from the beginning, and he's still loving now. Oh, man, I get excited. I get excited. He said, or do you think that scripture, hallelujah, I got to get through this, I'm, we'll be here all day. He said, or do you think scripture says with reason that he, his jealousy longs for the spirit, he has caused us to dwell in it, but he gives us more grace, hallelujah, that is what scripture says. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble, hallelujah. God is a jealous God. Godly jealous. He don't want his people stepping and dibbling and outside of his relationship. He said, I don't like that, but I'm going to love you anyhow. He don't like it, but he said, I'm going to love you anyway, because love covers the what? Amen. Somebody preaching today. Hallelujah. He said, God opposes the prophet, shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord. Humble yourselves. Knowing the truth that you're loved by him. You know what that means? Listen, when you're loved by him and you know that, when you're loved by him, you're set free. When you know that you, you're loved by him, no matter what, he still loves you. That's the type of relationship you draw to. That's the type of relationship, I don't want to step out because he loved me that much. And when I do step out, what he's saying is, son or daughter, that's not who I created you to be. Come back to me. 
come on back. Just like I remember the story of the prodigal son that did everything, spent all his money on wild living, drinking, having it up, living it up. His daddy, his father, seen him running, seen him coming. And he, I could just, I could just imagine. He looked. He said, "Nah, that walk looks like my boy walk." Is that my, is that my boy? Ho, ho, is that my boy? That's my boy. And he ran. Oh, Lord. He ran to him with open arms. He said, uh, get the fat cow. Let's cook some steaks. Let's get some steaks on the grill. Fire it up. Let's get some steaks. And I'm telling him, we're going to get some, some potato salad with some pasta salad. We're we going to do it up because my son had came home. Hallelujah. That's who he is. He's a God of love. He's a God of peace, joy. Don't get discouraged in this life. Let's get, listen, uh, Pastor Rollins said this. Don't get frustrated. Get focused. Don't get frustrated. Get focused. Focus on him. Focus on that relationship. Focus on him. Ooh-wee. I think I'm preaching like I feel it now. Amen. He said, listen, so what needs to happen for us, folks? What needs to happen? What need, it's the one-step process. I, I kid you not. It's a one-step process. I'm, I'm not joking. He says in verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's a one-step process. The one-step process was right there. Submit yourself then to God. All he's saying is submit to this relationship. Just like you said when you made your vows to death do us a part. Amen. Amen. He says, just submit to me. And you worry about this little old strong little devil. What is the devil to a God that we serve in right relationship with? What can he do to me if God is for us? And then who? can be against the what can this little old strony devil do to me when I'm in the right relationship with the Father? And he said, I am, I am an overcomer. Hallelujah. What can this little old strony devil do to me when I'm in right relationship with a holy God who created all things in his hand? What can he do to a holy God when I'm married to him? Ooh, we got the greatest love story ever told. He can't even touch us, sir. He said in 1 John chapter 5, he said those who are born of God won't continue in sin, but the good thing about it, he also said that in the evil one cannot harm you. Satan can't even touch you. Amen. I, I had to put a little flower out. He can't even touch you. He said resisting, he will flee from you with a tail between his legs running. Victory has already been ours. When he said it was finished on the cross, we won. He lost. He lost. Hey, man, we're on the winning side. We're on, we on Team Jesus. We ain't never lost. Look, we serve a God that never listened. All these battles and wars in the Bible, when God was on that side, let me ask you something. Did he ever lose? Did he, would he ever lose? So if he's on our side, then how can we 
Oh, okay, so y'all preaching today. I got it now. I got it now. He said, but listen, all you got to do, submit to this relationship. Ooh, this is the simplicity of the gospel. Listen, all the other stuff I'm talking about, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. No, don't do that. When you're in a right relationship with him, you don't want to. <laughs> Woo! Amen. He loves us that much. I'm telling you, we, we, it's the simplicity of it. He said, son, I need you to stop a minute from revelation. I need, I need them to know this. This is what revelation is in a nutshell. It's a reward at the end for those who believe. That's what it is. It also is for those who don't believe. Consequence of that also. We know what that is. That's what it is. It's showing us, it's revealing us the end. So we know what the end's gonna be, right? All we gotta do is stay in that relationship then. I just gotta make it that. Amen. Amen. He said, listen, what he, what God would do in this relationship, he said, come near to God. And he will do what? Come near. You. Oh man, that gets me excited, man. I get a little excited about that. Because that, that when I submitted to him, when I took that step, one pastor used to say this, when you take one step toward God, he'll take two toward you. You're in right relationship. He made you right. When you believe, listen, what righteous mean means that I'm in, I'm in right standing with God. I was once wrong. And now I have been made right with him in a right relationship. So what he said, wash your hands. Those are fast that we had. I had a bunch of them. Be honest with you, I had a bunch of them. Stepped outside of their adultery. Not, not in my marriage. I'm talking about marriage with the Lord. She wouldn't be here. She, she, she. That many of them, trust me. And that's the difference between man and God. Because God loves unconditional. Let your husband or wife cheat on you 10, 20 times. I guarantee you were like, divorce. <laughs> but here's the thing. So listen, he said, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He tells them what to do. Just wash your hands from that. You don't need that. That's filth. I already died for that. I nailed it to the cross. You don't have to deal in doubt with that. Just wash your hands from that. Wash it. And then purify your heart. How you purify your heart is in the right relationship with it's knowing that I love you and I want to grow with you. I want you to learn of me and, I, and, and to know me. And stop being double-minded, meaning that I have one mind over here. I want to do this and I want to do that. and I want. No, fix your eyes on him. That's all he said. He said, listen, instead you should grieve and mourn and well for those who who, he said, he said, instead you should green mourn and wail. Change your laughter into mourning, your joy into gloom. He said, change the way that you're thinking in other words. Change the way that you're thinking. Not everything is Gucci and gold. Not all this is good. I want you to come back to me. This ain't funny. That's what, this ain't, this ain't funny to step outside of this. He said, change that. I'm right here. I'm right here. 
He said, hallelujah, amen. He said, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Why I get excited, I tell you. I love, the, I love to see the will statement. Anytime I see will, that means that there's no chance that he ain't going to do it. And he said, he will lift you up. He didn't say, I may lift you up on these conditions. Like some of us may do. We're like, yeah, I'm. No, but he said, he will lift you up. Humble yourself. Humble yourself into a right relationship with him. And he will lift you up. Now, all the promises of the Bible. I want to ask you another question. When did he ever lie? When did he ever give a promise that he did not keep? And that's why you should be excited. Because if he said he'll lift you up, then by golly, he's going to lift us up. He's going to do it. And I'm probably going to have to hold myself on this next one. This next one. Because his love, the greatest love story ever told is all throughout the Bible. Or how he loved his people. Did you know that Joshua prayed to God and asked him to stop time? Because they was in a heated battle. Don't you know that God stopped the time? And this was before Jesus had manifested himself in the flesh. He was still loving them. I ain't, don't get me started. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm already there. I'm sorry. Anyway, God demonstrated his, his love way before Jesus. Y'all remember? In Egypt, when his people was in slavery, and he said Moses go tell that Pharaoh that I ain't nothing to be playing with you got my people and I'm going to need for you to let them go see our God was big and bad enough he said you, I love my people and you can't have them chained and beat Go tell that joker. Let my people go. Pharaoh was stubborn because he had that pride. He said, uh, I ain't let none of them go. Who is your God? Ooh, why'd he say that? <laughs> he is the great I am. Amen. You don't want to tell him I'm about to give you the mic. Amen. He said, he said, listen, he sent. Plays. He said, listen, if you ain't going to let my people go, I'm going to show you who I am. Because I love my people just that much. He sent ten plays. And then I don't know if you knew this, but by day, God himself, his presence, he was in a pillow cloud to guide his people on the way they should go. They visually seen a pillar of cloud guiding them. And by night, guess what he was? A pillar of fire. Light in the way. Because he loved his people 
just that much. And just in case y'all forgot some of these uh, Sunday school stories, I'm going to bring it to you. He got, they led him to a dead end. Uh, so they thought. And the people was like, Lord, what are we going to do? You brought us out here to die. They, 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 they was like, what are you doing? I should have stayed in Egypt. But he said, no matter what you're saying, I still love you. Just watch this. He told Moses, stretch your hands forth. And he parted the sea. <laughs> it is the greatest love story ever told. It caused him to walk across dry land. And then he even said when they was in the wilderness, even though they mocked him, they said, Lord, why? Why we should just stay in Egypt? At least we'll be fed. At least we wouldn't be hungry. And then God called a thirsty. And then God called bread to rain down from the sky. See, listen, we got a God that's going to supply all need. He loves us just that much. And then he said they got tired of bread, so they want some meat. Then he called, hey, listen, they didn't quail, birds, meat came. They had so much meat that it came out of, they almost came out of their nose. Hallelujah. And they were thirsty, told Moses, they strike the rock and water came out. If that ain't love, I don't know what it is. Even though we talked about it, even though we said we should have done this, Lord, where were you? He's still saying, I love you. That's grace right there. Hallelujah. I'm just getting started. Amen. Amen. During that day, they had to offer bulls and goats and all that stuff for their sin. But the bulls and goats can completely take away sin. Because every year they had to do it. Ooh-wee. But somebody came and changed that a little bit. He didn't have to keep sacrificing himself on the cross. He hadn't, he had, Jesus didn't have to come back year after year and endure the cross again. He did it once and for all. And guess what Hebrews says? 10 and 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declare the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he asked, I will remember their sin and their lawless deeds no more. Woo! Jesus, I, I get excited because, uh, hallelujah, he said, listen, the, the laws ain't written on these tablets of stone no more. It ain't just written in the pages of the Bible. I'm going to write it on your heart and on your mind so that you can be in right relationship with me. And on top of that, your sins, I'm going to blot it out and I ain't going to even remember what you've done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's love, folks. That's love. And see, we don't even remember what we've done. And why don't we bring up this old stuff in our mind when he already blotted out of his? It's a love story. Greatest one ever told. In John 17, and I'm, I'm gone here. Got a couple more verses. 
I thank you for the Lord. I'm telling you, I, I feel the love. I'm telling you. He said, the glory. He was talking to his disciples. He's, he's, he's praying to the Father. Jesus was. He's about to get ready to go. To be seated at the right hand. He said, the glory that you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one, even as we are one. In other words, they may be in a right relationship with us, just as we are one. He said, I in them, oh Jesus, I in them, in you, in me. That they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me. And, the love, and love them even as you love me. Notice the I in them. Not only did he die for us, he said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send myself. And this thing called the Holy Spirit itself. To be in there. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I get excited because not only he said I can't, not only did he die for my sins or your sins, he knew that man couldn't do it alone. Man can live up to this marriage alone. So he said, I'm going to send you myself evidence of the Holy Spirit to help you in this right relationship. I in them and you in me. He said, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. I don't know about you folks, but this is the greatest love story ever told. He said, Father, I desire, I'm gone here, that they also, whom you have given me, may be well with me where I am. That means all of you. He said, oh man, to see what my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. Uh, one more example. I'm going to paint a picture here. Hallelujah. Jesus, uh, before he endured the cross, they mocked him. They beat him. They spit on him. They put a crown of thorns around his head and mocked him and said, oh, you hell, hell, the king of the Jews. They mocked him and they slapped him. And then they had the nerve after he'd been beat, after he'd been beat physically, they're going to put him down and then whip him. 
whip him till he was unrecognizable. He beat the flesh to his whipping. The back was torn. His face was beaten so bad that you couldn't even recognize him. And then after that, they had the audacity to tell him to carry this cross. You had to carry their own punishment all the way up to Golgotha, to the hill of Calvary. And he had to carry already beaten. You can't even recognize his face. All he can think about is, I'm doing it for you. He's just carrying it. He's just carrying it. And then he get up there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't help it. I don't know if you ever seen the passion. But look, the passion didn't even come close to what he really looked like. Hallelujah. Romans were ruthless. And he took it for you. Every beat, every spit, everything they done to him. And then he gets up there. They lay him down. They start nailing him in his hand. Nailing him in his feet. And then on top of that, this wasn't enough for him. They said, go get this spear and stab him in the side. He all as if he hadn't suffered enough. He took the spear right through his side. And this is where I get happier. This is how you know this is the greatest love story ever told. He began to he began to look down at the folks who, by the way, called him Hosanna a week ago and now saying crucify him now. He looked down at the folks and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Hallelujah. I don't know about you folks, but that is the greatest love story ever told. I can't think, I can't even fathom that. They just beat you. They just spit on you. They just nailed you to the cross. And then you rest your arm, you look at them and say, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Tell me that ain't love. It ain't love. I don't know what it is. That is the greatest love story ever told. If you receive it, get a lot of hand clap of hands. <laughs>